Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we discuss principles that help us live beyond the mask. My name's Robbie Angle, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace in our relationships with God, ourselves, and others. Let's jump into this week's conversation. All right, so let's jump into this next section. Uh, and I, I just want to start. Um, after I, I've been blessed to work with men and women in ministry and really be a student of what differentiates people maturing into godliness and what and those that thrive and finish well and those that don't. And over the years, a common denominator I've I've witnessed um, is that. I think the greatest single variable I've seen on whether men and women thrive and stay the course and finish well is whether they have someone in their life that's intentional and consistent that they're fully known by, that know their last 10%. And you guys are just a beautiful uh, example of that to me personally, that I'm just, I, I never want a model of that, of people being intentional and consistent and fully known by each other to go by uh, unnoticed by me because of just the power of how God's designed us to grow through community and relationships and y'all's trust and friendship is just amazing. Um, so that, that, that last episode was really fun. I'm really excited about this episode. And I don't think we, in case you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, I'm, I've got Richie McKay, head coach of Liberty Flames basketball, and Scott Ray, uh, who we should we should intro Scott Ray again since we're going to be sharing a story from him. It, to do it, I, let me try again. I introduced him last podcast, but I'm going to try again. Scott Ray, welcome to the podcast. A little bit of information about Scott. Scott Ray was the director of convocation at Liberty University for over five years. Scott Ray has also spent 47 months in prison. Scott Ray has also had a successful career in the business world. He is also one of the closest friends to Richie McKay. How's that sound? Is that good? Ding, 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 ding. Did I kill it? Very good. Felt good? Very good job. Richie, what, yeah. what I miss? But before we jump into this guy's story that he's going to share with us, uh, what, do we, what should we know about Scott Ray that we do not know? Two Great things. jumper. Two things, Robbie. I'd been hearing about, you know, how good his high school career was. <laughs> he would occasionally at practice, he'd come to practice and he'd shoot a little bit. And he was usually shooting from four and five feet. So he'd make about 50% of them. So finally, you know, he grew up in Kentucky. So we're playing at Kentucky, Rupp Arena. And we're at our shoot around. And he comes down there and he's got his jeans on. And he's he's like smoking his hands in the corner. <laughs> so one of our players hit him with a pass, and I I thought, oh man, maybe hopefully he'll get close. And he shoots it, and it goes over the entire. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I mean, Robbie, we're there ten minutes. Hit me, hit me. It was it was it was bad. It was a bad look. It showed the lack of athleticism, skill, and. The, it, it, it very much so invalidated all the high school uh, stories oh. that I had heard. But that's, the, so, uh, that's so funny because that's way different than the story Scott told me about that, his time playing in the ba- arena at Kentucky. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe that, 
he he is worse than a backwoods Baptist pastor. He embellished that that stories. That's and nothing. No offense against Baptist pastors in <laughs> remote areas, but the story is a little embellished because a. Richie would never allow me to sit and miss jumper after jumper in their warm up. <laughs> so as you notice, I did not, I, I, I didn't admit to not making them. So uh, yeah, I got, I got shooed off. I think I got shooed off the court like after the first one. Come real on. quick. I think it was, I think it was three or four, but Robert, the second and the best thing, which is way more sincere is man from from really the first oh two or three times that we uh were together but this man's ability to unpack god's word is absolutely amazing mm. like he teaches me when when we have conversations and he'll do it in such a way that whatever version you you've you've learned it in read it in studied it in He's got this gift to really paint a scene for you that you can almost put yourself into a, a movie of how you're living out what God's word says. I, like it's a tremendous gift. That's cool. and, and it's helped equip my life in such a way that like he's I, honestly, he's, he's one of the best teachers that I've ever been around. I'm very thankful for him. I love him to death. Uh, his wife and I are really good friends because she works for us uh, in our office or works with us. And uh, and Scott and his family are really, really uh, pillars in our community. That's awesome. All right, man. Scott, you ready yes. to share with us, man? Process? I do. I do. So I thought a lot of it and uh, kind of switched in the middle of what we've all been talking about because I really want to talk about Authentic connection, hmm. authentic connection. So, you know, going back to the first podcast and the story that I tell about meeting Richie, uh, you know, early on in 2007, and I'd been here for a few years and uh, living in uh, this world of Liberty University, coming from the world in which I came from, which was the corporate business world, corporate, I was a corporate level junkie for several years before coming to know the Lord and ending up at Liberty University and uh, sitting around, you know, uh, I'm sitting around these, these boardroom tables through these conference rooms and, and, and I've got people with degrees in theology and, you know, uh, doctrines in how to preach the Bible. And, you know, I'm sitting here on this team and here I have a business degree from Texas Lutheran University and, and really, uh, in these people and the, and the enemy whispering in my ear constantly, if these people only knew who you really were, if they really knew who you were, you would not be sitting here. They wouldn't like you. They wouldn't accept you. And eventually, you know, uh, I bought into that. Mm. I bought into it. And there was, a, you know, nothing is that simple that you buy into something, but there were a lot of other things that were going on during that time. And, and I went back to uh, this coping mechanism, this coping, this coping skill <laughs> that that I had developed years and years ago, which was an addiction to opiates, to pain pills. I uh, started on them in the Air Force when I was a, an Air Force recruiter. 
uh, way back in the early 90s. And I was using them not for the pain that I was experiencing anymore, but really to just mask and cover up all of the shame and the guilt and the pain from all of the failures and, and disasters that had mounted up in my life throughout that course. And and so this that shame just began to, to grow in those conference rooms. And eventually I went back to it. Uh, like a like a baby to a pacifier, I went back to them and I began to take them. And eventually, uh, the level of my addiction was so high that there's not enough. There were not enough uh, prescription pills out there to to curb my appetite or really fulfill my need because of my tolerance level being so high. And I began to break into people's homes and steal the prescription medication. All the while being on staff at Liberty University and talking about living with a mask on, living in a in a, just a pseudo fake world that you had created and and lying to your friends and lying to your wife and lying to your family and all. And uh, that actually happened twice, um, back to back. I, I did a short stint in jail for those infractions. And then lo and behold, if I didn't turn around and do it again and ended up. But, so how in the world does all of that come back? to the two words that I threw out there to start with, which is authentic connections. So I began to learn that, um, you know, and I say this quite often when, when I speak in other, other types of uh, uh, other venues or whatever, especially on the, on the subject of what I've gone through in addiction, is that the ultimate resolve to addiction or alcoholism is, is not sobriety. And people will just give you that crazy look like what are you talking about that's all we've ever heard of all of our lives but the ultimate resolve to addiction and alcoholism is not sobriety because see, sobriety is a state of being sobriety is a state of being just like being high or drunk is a state of being the ultimate resolve the ultimate resolve to addiction and alcoholism is connection mm. authentic connection of of feeling like you are bonded in into the world in which you live in a real authentic way and that you matter. And here's how that transpires, how it's transpired in my life and, and how I came to that conclusion through my perils, through the trials and tribulations, through the, the very public uh, uh, downfall that I took, I had a group of people, some in my church, some not in my church, some my friends, some better friends than others, some friends of our family, uh, some family members that would not let me go, that, that didn't practice tough love on me, like you go figure this thing out and you can come back into the fold once you straighten all this mess out that you've created. but. Basically, in the love of Christ said, we love you. We believe in you. What, what we are seeing happen in your life is not really truly who you are or who God has created you to be. And we are going to be here for you. One of those individuals, of course, you know, is, is Richie, is my very close friend, Richie McKay, who always shot things to me straight. Um, another being my wife. And another being family members. And then again, and others being church members that just stood there with me, bonded in with me through this whole thing. And those authentic connections that uh, we accept you for who you are and what you have done. And we are not going to let you go. 
that and only that is what has afforded me the opportunity to be where I'm at today. Wow. That, when I hear that, uh, the counselor in me, the, the skeptic, the, you know, direct guy in me, um, wants to unpack and question, uh, a couple things. One is unpack the difference of how, uh, what you mean by authentic connection as the resolve to addiction. And then the second question is, what does it look like? Dif- the difference between um, providing grace and not letting you go versus enabling. Oh, wow. I'll start with that one because that is a, the, the, the line between uh, enabling and grace is a thin dotted invisible line. It is. And that's what requires of the believer on the end of extending that grace. Uh, it requires them to seek wisdom. Hmm. And I'm not talking about full out, you go do what you're going to do, and we're going to accept you for whatever you do. I'm talking about, yeah, there's boundaries that have to be established, healthy boundaries that have to be established. But listen, the only way that a person can derive that as far as the, the right mixture of or what is needed for this particular individual is wisdom. Hmm. You know, And we're, we're told if you, if you need it, ask for it, and it will be given to you. So that... So the first part of your, the first part of your question is the authentic connection, meaning the the people that I had that that could speak into my life, they kept themselves in a position to be able to speak into my life. They authentic meaning that they they were real. Like, listen, we're not, I'm not going to discount what you've done. What you've done is, is not right. What you have done towards other people in this community is not right. But uh, they approach it in such a, uh, they, they approach it in such a way of love and, and forgiveness and grace mm. that, you know, uh, we're you're like, we're going to have to figure out a, a, another way to help you. But, uh, they just approach it in such that way. And here's what that does. When, when you create boundaries in, in a person that has addiction or alcoholism, when you create this like a tough love, like you made your bed, now you lie in it, you figure it out, you, and, and you don't provide any type of counsel. You remove yourself completely from their lives. You don't, you don't keep yourself in a position to, to be heard. Um, what that does is that just that keeps more shame when the individual fails again, especially that just keeps more shame and more guilt upon that individual. But with when you remain uh, steadfast, when you remain like like the cool thing about Jane, uh, John chapter one verses fourteen through eighteen, where that Jesus came in grace and truth, that mixture. Of grace and truth, and I'm not saying that you that you fake the funk and you don't tell a person straight up exactly what they need to hear, but you do it in such a way to where that grace and truth are blended together with just oozing with love, and that's what I got from these people. Hmm. That's what I got from Pastor Jonathan Falwell, who came to visit me when I was in prison. Wow. That's what I got from my wife. That's what I got from Richie. That's what I got from other close people in my life. That. You know, we're not discounting what you did, but you just you you need to you need to hear these truths that what we're telling you. you so, know? so the authentic connection piece was 
a representation of people's heart and posture of love. And absolutely. And the and that's that was grace to you. The the truth that's part was the boundaries you're saying of you can you can have a heart and posture of love and not going anywhere, but at the same time, the wisdom of the boundaries. Which absolutely, and that line is what is where wisdom lies in differentiating yes. and knowing for the individual what is the best. And like you said, we've got the Spirit of God in us that we can seek wisdom, and it'll be given to us through Him. Because they are very, you know, those those types of situations, whether it's with a person you know experiencing in a family or a spouse or whatever, it's they're very convoluted. They these there's so there's so many. Uh, there's so many facets to the addiction and alcoholism that, that, that spring up because it looks so different in so many different ways that gosh, you, you need the wisdom. You need the wisdom of God to help an individual through that. Well, I, I would add to Robbie, you know, having known and loved Ray Ray for, you know, all of the 14 years that we've done life together. I think when you when you get out of prison, when you when you go through something like like I did getting fired, when you go through something that's really difficult in your life and other people know about it, hear about it, they don't know the exterior, they don't know how to look at you, treat you, et cetera. And there's a shaming that that you naturally uh experience. And I think one of the uh one of the ways that that I wanted Scott to know that, look, man, I still, I still love you and I still need you. We jumped into this, this cohort, uh, the high trust leadership class that TruePace offered. And I said, man, I need you to do this with me. <laughs> and, and I think what it did for Scott, and it was unintentional on my part, but it attached value to who he is. And I, I think we're naive if we don't think all of us I heard it long, long ago. Every young boy needs approval, acceptance, and affirmation. And and if they don't get it from their dad, especially they need it from their dad, they don't get it from there. They'll go somewhere else to, they'll seek it from someone or something else. Mm. And in my relationship with Ray Ray, and I, I wanted him to know, bro, I need you. Like, like let's do this thing together. Yeah. And I think because of it, it just, it just knitted our, our relationship uh, what was interrupted with his time in incarceration, it knitted it back together almost instantaneously. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like springboarded us into even, even more discussions and, and more examinations of what we had gone through and worked through together. And thought it just, it was just, it was like a springboard to just propel us forward. And, uh, I'll never forget Richie and the conversation we were having one time over the, some of the content. And it was like, uh, we were talking about a uh, performance, uh, pleasing God versus trusting God and how that was a pivotal point in Richie's journey. Uh, wait a second. I've been told my whole life that in, I've been told my whole life that I'm supposed to live my life to please God. And now this teaching is telling me I'm, I'm learning from this, from th- that I'm supposed to live my life in trusting God, I'm learning to trust God. I'll never forget how that, that point in Richie's life changed him. And like, again, it goes back to, we already had a relationship. We were already doing life together, but it was true faith 
stuff that gave us a springboard to just move further and and drive us further into the great centered message. So what happened in my life in a similar way eight years ago, just the handle and the springboard of the paradigm shift going from knowing yeah. about this stuff to experiencing it. And man, you start getting tastes of the freedom that comes from trusting God and instead of mm. the exhaustion of pleasing. And it's like, oh crap, I've been drinking yeah. sand. I, I thought I was drinking, drinking water this whole time. It, yeah. The authentic connection piece, uh, I'm still processing in my head because um, you just talked about how you guys had this authentic connection. And in that, that created space for the things, the shame, the narratives that were in the dark, which to come into the light and therefore be diminished. The opposite of that is, I'm assuming, isolation, um, which leads to addiction. Is is that connected? Is the isolation, which addiction is a tool to um, placate or numb the pain of the isolation, is that connected to shame? I would say yes. I mean, uh, does does isolation come from addiction, or does addiction produce isolation? Yeah, uh, I think. Isolation is isolation. It doesn't matter if it's a, to a substance or that we do that when shame, when we, even if we don't even think that we're detecting it, but when there's shame in our life, that's how we begin to live it out by, I think it's a natural response of being, of isolating ourselves. Hmm. I, I mean, Genesis three, you're back, you're back to uh, the shame of, oh, wow, wow, I'm naked. And the shame of hiding. They, they hid immediately and tried to cover themselves. I, that, it goes that far back. Shame leads to isolation and in isolation, the masking and the coping of that to continue to protect ourselves is alcohol oh, yeah. is a pretty, or pills or whatever it is, or performance as Richie's story is a great tool to mask and numb that. I want to go back to what you said in Genesis 3 though, when God says, or, or the implication of the question, who told them they were naked? Right. Who told you like, like that condemnation that because because we we know. Yeah. And, 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 and at that point of knowledge, especially for the believer, like you, you get you get catapulted into a decision again. All right. Am I going to work myself out of this? Like mm. it's impossible. Mm. Or, or like like the. The, the the scales came off probably in my life, but I think in Ray Ray's life, remember when we were going through Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and we could just substitute that word faith without trust. Yeah. And there's a myriad of things that are unattainable, inaccessible to us until we authentically, truly have a connection with God. And that is its only form when we trust them. It's the precipice behind everything that we do as believers that, that we trust them. And I saw it in Scott's life. I've seen it in mine when, when, and there's, again, there's a freedom that exists in there and it's a freedom from condemnation. Trust is, trust is the, trust is the crux. It's of everything. So how you guys have a degree of intentionality uh, I mean, this is a truth that derailed your life and also freed your life, Scott, to trust God and others. 
like this guy, Richie, with your person, the real you. Um, how do you avoid slipping back into isolation and therefore the shame messages and eventually needing a leaf of some type to cover that? What, what do you do to make sure you stay the course and finish well relationally? Um, I have not only Richie, but I have several other individuals that are very, very close to me that I have began to, it's really tough, really, really hard for me. I can really of beginning to trust my life with trusting them and being able to, uh, to go to them when I, when I know those feelings of, uh, um, uh, shame or complacency or apathy, just they begin to mount up. I may, I have a, a core group of individuals that I can go to. Uh, and fortunately one of them is a guy that I work for. Uh, who hired me. He says, I know your story. I saw it in the news. I know who you are. I, I don't care. Uh, I've been told that you can, you can do what I need you to do. Uh, it's turned out to be one of the greatest, uh, gifts that God ever gave me of this guy that I work for now and this small company of electric, we do electromagnetics for high energy physics stuff, which is completely out of my realm, but I'm the business guy to it. But it just, that's the grace of God, God doing for you what you know that you, what you cannot do for yourself and God putting people like that in your life. Richie years ago, this guy years ago, but that's how I do it. Man. That's the only way that remaining authentically connected to people. Cause I can get really not, I can, <laughs> I can get disconnected real quick. Heard, Very good at it. I heard two things in that. Uh, well, first of all, a lot of men and women don't have somebody that knows their last 10% that they could trust. So the first thing I heard is that you had people that you had prioritized, put on your calendar, spent the time with to, to trust and, and let them know you and your last 10%. The second thing I just heard you say is uh, your proactiveness and leveraging them. That when you start feeling those things, those areas, those triggers of shame, you're proactive, that you go to those people who are in your life and you bring whatever's in the dark into the light so that it doesn't keep growing. And a lot of times, especially in my life growing up, I'll have those people in my life, but then I got in patterns of waiting for them to come follow up because it's a two-step thing. And that second step of taking the courage to proactively, in a way, tell on yourself is where the gold is. And, and it's so easy for me to fall into passivity and not be proactive with what's going on in my heart and sharing with those people in my life. Um, at least that's what I'm processing right now to make sure I'm going, what am I not being proactive uh, about in sharing what's going on in my heart right now with, with Binge and with Stuart and the guys in my life um, who I know are there for me. But if I don't share with them, I don't bring it into the light with them and, and process with them. Absolutely. And, you know, that comes with there, that that comes with time and energy that you spend with these people. I can go to to Richie and and uh, Mark, my other really, really close that I can go to them and I can just begin to spew out things like I'm jammed up. I'm in, I'm in a bad place. I don't have to get down and, you know, and it's amazing how it just that that I know that that's a free environment. It's an open environment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. 
So we wrap up with a couple questions we asked Richie last time. Uh, what's something that's life-giving to you and what's something you've been learning from? Wow. Believe it or not, this this whole... Um, me being so jammed up over this whole coronavirus thing, and I, I won't even get into how I've been so jammed up about the coronavirus things, but I would just to a really point of a great frustration because I'm this, I know this about me when I feel like that I'm being taken advantage of, especially this probably comes a lot from my the business world. When I feel like that I'm being taken advantage of, I get very defensive and ugly really, really quick. And that's what I began to see myself of this whole thing. And um, I called another close of mine uh, just, who happens to be a family member, a, a brother-in-law who's like a brother. And I began to talk to him about, how I was feeling, man. And he just brought me back so fast that like, you know what, bro? He was like, this, we are so far into this. And this thing is so far over our heads and so far out of our control that we have no choice but to pray and ask God. Mm -hmm. And that was, that's, it was so simple. Yeah. You're talking about 35, 40 minutes of just ranting and raving on my end, yeah. summed up by my brother-in-law saying, bro, <laughs> that's, that's great. That's wonderful. But this is, your, this is where it's brought us. This is to the point where this is only something God can yeah. make sense out of, bring us out of. You know. what, what's yeah. life given to you lately? Um, Life is given to me through, you know, there's, there's blessings and curses and everything there, there, you know, I'm almost like the Garth Brooks thing. There's blessings and curses and everything. So even though that this coronavirus is like a curse in a way, uh, a blessing would be is I have not spent as much time with my wife and with my boys because I've been working from home and it's been a modified schedule and praise God, I have one of those positions where you can work from home like that, yeah. but I've spent more time, um, quality time with with them over the last month than i have probably ever that's and that's awesome. i'm and we do a lot together as a family yeah but yeah. i'm talking quality that's quality awesome. so so richie scott this was so much fun uh i am thankful for y'all's friendship for your model to me um and uh, just thankful that you guys are in this journey with us at true face and, and helping live into these truths and leverage them as springboard in our lives and in those around us. And you guys have been examples of that to me. So I'm super thankful for you guys. Thanks for listening in and being part of the true face family. If you're listening to this, um, thanks for supporting the ministry. Thanks for, uh, sharing this podcast, giving it five stars, whatever you do. Uh, we appreciate it in order to help more equip more people to experience the freedom of living beyond the mask as we've been processing with Scott and Richie. I appreciate you guys and see you on the next episode.